This is Greg Smallwood, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. So welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast, and this is a bonus episode for you. Uh, we've got a, an interview here, kindly conducted by our good friend Phil, Phil Mian Perich from Capes and Lunatics, and our very own Looney, the power of Chad. Uh, so they sat down, uh, they managed to have a little word with Cullen Bunn about his work on um, in Marvel and also with uh, the upcoming Acts of Evil Moon Knight Annual. So enjoy the show. Today, um, it's none other than, you know, Cullen Bunn. Hey guys, how are you? Great, talking to the great Colin Bunn. Yeah, Wizard of Oz over here. It's kind of got me starshocked, like I said earlier. Um, let's see here. Uh, what you been up to, man? <laughs> you know, uh, same as always. Just uh, I'm, I'm always working. I got up early on my day off to talk to you guys. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. No, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. So, what are you working on right now? What are you working on right now when you're not off? <laughs> um. So right now, I'm working on a number of. Uh, this past week, especially, has been on a lot of creator-owned projects that I've been. Uh, I've been. Uh, I've been working on um, some creator-owned books as well as uh, working on some Valiant stuff. So, what you got going for Valiant? Right now, the only thing that I can talk about is I have a book coming out in October called Roku. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries uh, starring this uh, villain from the Ninjak universe. Um, so I've been working on that this week. And, and I, like I said, I think the first issue of that comes out in October. Okay. So coming up pretty soon then. Yeah. And then, like I said, I've got some other things going on at Valiant, but uh, nothing that uh, I'm allowed to, to talk about. They'll uh, they'll mark me for death if I, uh, <laughs> if I reveal the secrets. Is that kind of hard? Because they put out like solicits like so far ahead now that you're like, oh wait, it, it, is it time? Can I speak about such and such now? Or you know, is it hard? Well, you know, Valiant. You know, Valiant. Well, all comic publishers, yeah, put out their uh, you know the solicits pretty and announcements pretty far in advance they usually keep me on you know uh, keep me pretty up to date on when those are, are going on the the interesting thing about valiant that's both good and uh speaks to the the thing you just asked me is they work so far ahead on their projects um it's not like uh marvel where i might be working on a book that gets announced the week i start writing it or the week they call me and say hey we need this book uh-huh. uh Valiant works months and months, and in some cases years in advance, uh, to make sure they've got all their uh, their ducks in a row and everything ready to go. Hmm. That's really impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it sounds like it's the way things should always be, but uh, um, unfortunately, you know the way 
you know, the way things work and the way comics are, are produced, it's not often the, the case. But they have, uh, they they definitely, that's the way they try to, to do things. All right. Well, that really speaks testament to their like, style then. I mean, it's working for them. And, you know, it gets everyone novels their ducks in a row. Yeah, for sure. And I know I know Ray wanted to ask because he's a big Valiant fan about um, what what are your thoughts on the potential to translate some of that stuff to the big screen and stuff and uh, TV shows, movies and stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think there's there's tons of opportunity there. I mean, obviously the uh, you know the Bloodshot movies coming out, um, and uh, and that's you know I I can't remember when that's coming out, but I know. Uh, it's coming out at some point soon, but, uh, there's, there's so many, you know, characters that I think, you know, just have such a, you know, have just a huge potential to be, you know, TV characters or to carry a TV show or a movie franchise. Um, so yeah, I think it, it could be really cool. I think, you know, it's interesting because every time, you know, these characters come into, you know, into a cinematic franchise, uh, they kind of have to be reinvented a little bit, um, but it's it's interesting only because you know, say a Marvel character or a DC character, you know, there's so much backstory and and so much uh, uh, you know material to to choose from. You have to pick and choose what you know what goes into those iterations. But with the Valiant characters, uh, I mean, and I, they've been around for a while now. What in this iteration, probably you know, what seven or eight years, I guess, but. Uh, but they're still, to me, very much on the ground floor, and you know, there's still a lot of uh, still a lot of uncharted territory and wet paint, which I think is pretty exciting. Yeah, that's. I was kind of wondering about that because, like, I'm kind of a huge Shadow Man fan, and it's like I'm still going through the back issues, and I was just wondering, like, if that's ever going to come to a head with the cinematic universe. They'd have to change a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things that work in comics don't always work in TV or movies. I mean, that the, uh, and you know, that's I've never been one to be really concerned with the changes that have to be made, um, because uh, you know, it kind of keeps it to me. It keeps it interesting and fresh. Uh, you know, I want to be able to tell that I'm watching an adaptation of you know whatever the the character or comic is i don't want it to be so different that i you know can't even identify that it's a it was based on the comic but i'm fine with you know the changes that have to be made to make it work for that you know for the different audience and everything um and i can see it as you know it gives me an opportunity to for something to surprise me a little bit right that makes sense i can't make it work exactly i mean that's decades of you know back information and lore Right. Plus, don't you want to surprise people? You know, if this could be kind of boring if everyone knew exactly where everything was going. Yeah, I mean, at that point, if, if you know exactly, if it's a one-to-one remake, you know, or, or, or adaptation, you're going to know exactly everything's going along. It can be cool to see it, but uh, but it, I don't know that it uh, it's going to wow me the same way. Yeah, on a similar topic. Uh- Big announcement the other day. Uh, Moon Knight 
is going to be an actual show out there on Disney Plus. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, you know, I- I'm excited about it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what they do with it. It's uh, he's a character that can go in so many different directions. You know, um, but uh, I don't think they announced too much in terms of direction or or you know tone. But uh, but it could be pretty cool. Um, I mean, he's to me, he's one of the Marvel characters that would work best as a uh, you know as a TV show. I could see that. But they didn't really announce anything at all. Um, all we've really been able to piece together is you know speculations. The man on the street has his own, you know, Tommy Cowell. We we're talking about that a little bit ago, but. Uh, right yeah no uh, i think you know it could be really cool um you know i would like to see something with a little bit of a darker tone um but uh you know maybe even verging into some horror elements but uh yeah we'll see do you think they would do Uh, a lot of that on disney plus though because i thought they had hulu for some of their darker stuff like ghost rider and stuff so if they're gonna do it on disney plus do you think they're gonna do like straight up more superhero stuff yeah they might i you know uh it's uh that's a good point. Yeah, I I don't know uh what it's gonna look like. Um I think you know, I think there's room for them to do it on Disney Plus and not be uh not be so uh so dark and, and horrifying that it uh that it alienates uh the viewers. But uh but you might be right, they may veer more into, you know, just straight superhero hero stuff. Who knows though? I mean I think you know, it, maybe it'll be a little closer to what uh, when he, you know, like in the first Moon Knight comic series, I back mean, in I, Volume One when it was uh, Doug Mensch and yeah. Bill yeah, I mean, McKeon, the art. It could easily go into you know mercenary territory or playing up sort of the the just the three sort of facets of of Mark Spector, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm not sure, man. I, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm interested in seeing what they do with it. Like what did what really like when you did the kit when you were writing the character and stuff. What were some of your favorite things about the you know what you got to play with and you know what you got to explore about the character? Well, you know I didn't get to to write him long enough. You know I wrote five issues of mm-hmm. of the of the Moon Knight series, um, and that was all I was hired for. I mean, when I when I took that first issue, they said we're gonna you're gonna write five issues, and then we're kind of doing Moon Knight in a uh, an anthology sort of mo- mo- you know mode where every five issues we change creative team, um, which I kind of hate, but um, you know that's fine. You know, it was my chance to write Moon Knight, and and I've said this elsewhere uh, when I first had a face to face meeting with Marvel editors, the first thing I pitched to them was a Moon Knight series. Uh, really? Yeah. And, uh, and that was a long time ago. Um, and it didn't happen because they had uh, little did I know they already had a Moon Knight, a new Moon Knight series plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the very first thing I pitched to Marvel was a Moon Knight series. And, and I, you, you have to understand, I came from, you know, the first time I read a Moon Knight story, he was fighting a werewolf. And to me, that, uh, you know, that was a set the tone for what I wanted to see 
um, for Moon Knight. And uh, so I, I pitched sort of a, a more supernatural, weird, weird happening Moon Knight series back then. So when I got the chance to write Moon Knight, even for those five issues, that's kind of the that's kind of what I went back to. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it was kind of its own origin. I mean, they've redone it so many times, but that was really where it stuck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's obviously changed. Uh, he he's changed quite a bit over the years, but uh, yeah. but I just remember reading that issue Were- Werewolf by Night. I mean, I read it so many times that it was the cover was falling off. Um, so uh, that's just sort of that's just where the character cemented for me early on was in this sort of supernatural horror realm. Well, that, that it kind of swings into. Um... Your next Moon Knight work that's coming out soon, the, the Moon Knight Annual, uh, the acts, the whole Acts of Evil thing. I, I'm ex- this is probably the the annual I'm most excited for the Moon Knight one. He's facing Kang. Yeah. So <laughs> was was that was that your choice, or did they tell you you had to use Kang? They did not tell me I had to use Kang. Okay. Um, what they what they came to me was they came to me and said, hey we have this annual series that we're doing and, and we're doing um, we're doing matchups between heroes and villains that not, would not normally would not normally face each other. And I immediately, I thought, Oh, you mean acts of acts of vengeance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, what a great, you know, a great return to acts of vengeance. And uh, I'm not sure they, that, <laughs> that that necessarily registered right off the bat, but um but uh, I put together 15 different matchups and story ideas. Hmm. Um, and, and then there were, there were a lot in there that I really liked. Uh, and, and there were several featuring Moon Knight. Uh, there was Moon Knight meeting Morgan Le Fay. And there was, I can't remember the other one, um, the other Moon Knight. But there were, you know, there were Silver Surfer versus Sentinels. And there was Conan versus Arcade. And there was, oh, I mean, that I, would be great. Yeah, that's the one I thought they would have gone with in a heartbeat. Um, even though I think bringing, Co- I kind of think bringing Conan into the modern era is kind of, it's dumb. It's a fun kind of dumb. Yeah. So I, uh, I still wanted to, you know, I wanted to do. That's the one I really. That was honestly my my number one pick. Um, but always for various reasons, you know, those things, you know, they just don't they don't come together. Um, do you but, think, uh, do you think, um, I mean, maybe it's just coincidence, but they picked moon Knight because they knew something was coming, you know, like a TV show. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it's, it's possible. Uh, because I mean, also, also in the acts evil, you got to miss, you had a miss Marvel, uh, annual one. I think she Hulk's coming up this week. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. Um, I'll be honest, the Kang Moon Knight one was one of my least favorite <laughs> pitches, and not because of Moon Knight, but because I didn't want to do time travel. Mm. Um, I pitched, uh. and look, maybe I should have left it off the list, I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, but I put it on there. I didn't want to do a time travel story hmm. um, because I swore to myself years ago that I wouldn't write any more time travel books, <laughs> um, and yet there we go. Let's do Moon Knight versus Kang. So when they, you know, when they, they called me and said, this is the one we want to do, I was excited for the Moon Knight of it all. 
but the Kang of it all kind of uh, really threw a, a big wrench and it took a long time to figure that story out. Um, and to do it in a way, it, it went through a lot of different iterations and a lot of different pitches. It doesn't look the way that it did when I first pitched the story because of things Marvel, you know, sort of guidelines Marvel had and things they wanted to do or not do with the character. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a fun book. Just, uh, it, it was, but if I'm being completely forthright, uh, if I'd have had my druthers, it wouldn't have been, well, it might've been Moon Knight, but it wouldn't have been Kang. Hmm. Um, it's always funny to me when I pitch like a bunch of different stories and I have what I think is my favorite. And I think the one that's going to be, uh, the, the, the home run. And then I have what I think is going to be the one that they pick least of all, you know, that this will be not the, this will be the one that nobody does. Uh, and, and of course that's always the one that someone picks, but yeah. And, and I really, I, you know, and the other reason I thought Moon Knight and Kang would be, uh, would never happen. Um, is because there's a lot of uh, there's Kang's one of those characters that there's always a lot going on with, mm-hmm. you know, at Marvel they've always got plans for Kang, and uh, and I just thought that maybe this would be something that uh, that conflicted with some of that, or they didn't want to play in that arena because they didn't want to, you know, have anything that touched a character they had plan big big plans for. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think maybe Kang's gonna get, make his way to live action event here soon? Because I mean, they've already oh, introduced time some, travel. Yeah, I think at some point he will. Um, he's a he's a cool character, and uh, you know, he's one of to me. He's one of the key, you know, one of the main villains of you know in Marvel. So I think at some point, yes, Kang will will show up. Who knows what that'll look like though? So I just have to say this it's been kind of bothering me for a bit um Uh-oh. I, I know i'm sure you've possibly seen the meme or something um so when it comes to kang and moon knight guy who's infamous for ripping off faces and kang being a guy that only has armor everywhere but his face <laughs> I think that mask is armored, right? Come on, that that his mask has got a little armor on it. That blue, I, I thought so. that blue thing was armor. So. Yeah, it's sort of like Destro's mask. It just moves a lot, even though uh, even though it's made of metal, it can move or something. I don't know. Um, if you're asking me, does Moon Knight rip Kang's face off? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> okay, that is that is perfectly fine. I'm just worried for Kang. I was gonna say you spoiled a well, plot point there. You know, the, 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 but the interesting thing is with Kang and Moon Knight, Kang so outclasses Moon Knight you know, oh, on a power scale. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I mean, he's a, you know, and that was a big challenge for this this book as well. He is just so much more powerful than, than Moon Knight. Um, and, uh, and we'll see some of that, obviously, and, and how, you know, how Moon Knight deals with it. But uh, that's a that was a big challenge for the issue, and I think that's why I probably put them on the list to begin with. Is I was like, haha, here's one that's you know, <laughs> that's such an you know such an odd matchup because really Kang and Moon Knight shouldn't be facing each other. You know that that's that should be a that should be a, a fight left for the Avengers. But I like that uh, that's you know that's the interesting thing, thing about it, and uh, and also Kang offers us some. Uh, 
he affords us a look at some things that will be uh, that you know really what I think is the coolest part of the issue is is it is that Kang. I think it's safe to say, look, there's a lot of time travel in this book, and uh, you get to see some interesting things because of that. You probably, I don't know how much you can spoil, but do do we get to see various uh, Moon Moon Knight from different eras? You see a lot of Moon Knights from different eras. Oh, awesome! I've been wondering about that. <laughs> A lot. I mean, it's uh, – in fact, at one point, my editor had to say, all right, Cullen, tone it down on the number of moon nights. And I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, so you don't see as many as I would have wanted you to see, but you do see uh, quite a few moon nights. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, at one point, this, this comic had uh, not only a lot of moon nights, it had every version of – you would see at least for a panel or two every version of Moon Knight's costume ever. So oh, it would have been sort of a retrospective of what Moon Knight looked like from the beginning to now, <laughs> um, in, including the weird like adamantium armor Moon Knight. And, you know, that, that kind of – you'd have seen every version of Moon Knight at some point in the book. That's not in there now. I still wish it was. But, uh, you know, at some point it does get a little weird and complicated when you're trying to do all those things. Although I still wish we had done it. <laughs> well, I've talked to other writers before, like whether you're familiar with that, if you're familiar with your artist, do you like tweak your script to like reflect their strengths? You're like, Oh, I want to see him, you know, draw this or. Not usually. I usually write my scripts the same way from artist to artist, even guys that I've worked with, um, I've worked with for, you know, going on 15 years. So it doesn't matter. I still doesn't, write. It doesn't matter I still who it write is. scripts the same way. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, if, if I'm talking to an artist and they say, you know, and, and we're, you know, we're really digging in on a book from, from the ground floor and they say, Hey, this is, these are some things I'd really love to draw or something like that. Sure. Absolutely. Or if they tell me, you know, this is, this is, let's try writing, let's, let's try working on this with a, you know, a, a classic Marvel style script, then yeah, I'll try that with them if that's what they want to do. And that's how they want to work. But most of the time, especially with Marvel books, I don't know the artist or know who the artist is going to be until the script's already done. Hmm. Um, it, so, so I just write it, uh, you know, I try to have a lot of, you know, obviously in comics, you have to have a lot of trust and faith in your collaborators. So, uh, so yeah, I just write it the way, you know, the way I would normally write a script for anybody. And is, are the fight scenes very specific or vague? Is it like, okay, he has to throw a right cross here. Or is it just like you write fighty fighty and the, let the artist like do what they do? Um, in my scripts, I, my fight scenes are written panel by panel. Um, I don't know that I get to super specifics on, you know, you know, like uh, maybe back in the early days, I would actually call out specific martial arts moves and I would send videos and pictures of those moves and things like that. But I don't do that anymore. I mean, it might say, you know, it might say, you know, Moon Knight throws a cross and punches Kang in the face and knocks his metal face mask off or whatever. But I don't, you know, it, but it could also just be, you know, these two, these two are, you know, in this panel, these two are fighting, they're choking each other, something like that. And then the artist can, can interpret that however they want to. 
if I have a very specific image in mind, I might try to describe it. But also all of my scripts, you know, I pretty much start with a message to the artist that says, ignore this if it doesn't work visually. You know, the, the, the artist is the the artist is the expert when it comes to those visuals. But yeah, I, I my, my scripts are semi-specific, I guess, but, uh, but there's, I leave a lot to, to interpretation as well. So how was it working with, uh, Ibrahim Mustafa? Like it, it was great. I mean, uh, this is a, this is a tough, a tough issue. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot going on on the page. There's a, you know, it, it, to, to tell this story in 30 pages, um, which is long for a comic, it was not long for this story. I mean, it was, there was a lot, there's a lot of information to get across on the page. And, uh, and when I wrote the script, I was a little worried about it. I'm, you know, not, not, I wasn't worried about Ibrahim. I was just, I was just worried that any, you know, that I was asking any artist to do, uh, too much and convey too much information. But, uh, you know, he's a pro and uh, it's, it, 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 it's really, you know, his pages are really good looking. I don't know. They haven't released any uh, preview pages of it, have they? No, I don't think, I think uh, the cover is no, the only no. thing I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's a good looking, it's, it's an, it's a good looking issue. And, you know, and like I said, we're seeing a lot of different moon nights. So not only did he have to tell this, this story, he has to design a ton of moon nights, you know? And uh, so there's, there was that. Uh, he, he had a lot on his shoulders with this one. Hey, I got my trust in him. I'm looking at his stuff right now, and it looks really good. Oh, yeah, he's super talented. I mean, he's he is uh, very talented. I, so. can't, I, I can't wait to get it, but Colin, I mean, you're probably going to get some extra eyes on this thing, you know, after the announcement. I think you're like the first Moon Knight book to be published after the announcement. Well, you know, maybe they'll hire me to write an ongoing Moon Knight series. That would be sweet. Do you, do you have idea? <laughs> do you have ideas already for like if they ask you to write an episode or something, like a, uh, like the TV show, or even if you want to do the like the the monthly book? Do you, you have ideas already? I have thoughts. I have thoughts on a monthly book for sure. I, that you know, things I'd like to do in a monthly book. Uh, I haven't thought on the TV show at all, only because. Uh, chances are they already have a writing, you know, the, the yeah. writer's room they want for that. And uh, and since I don't know the tone of the series or the direction of the series, mm-hmm. uh, it would all just be, you know, brainstorming for possibly for naught because who knows what they'll end up doing with that, you know, with the character. Yeah. I, yeah. Th- are those like your favorite the, characters to write, like the street level guys like Moon Knight? Or, I mean, you've done a ton of Deadpool stuff. Not necessarily. I, I do like those street level stories, mm-hmm. um, especially street level stories with a little bit of you know potential for weirdness and and things like that in there. Um, but I like you know I like everything. My favorite stories to write will lean will lean more into darker stuff and horror horror elements. Um, but uh, but there's joy to be found in in all different kinds of stories, really. But um, like speaking of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. no, go ahead, Chad. Um, just on the topic of horror and whatnot, uh, how about you know the absolute carnage that uh, you were in on? Yeah, um, it's a, it's an interesting interesting series. Um, you know, I'm just doing the the three issues of Absolute Carnage Scream, but uh, but it's it's nice to see them. You know, uh, it's nice to see Marvel taking uh, 
you know, a chance on some on some darker stories. Yeah, like I don't know. I've really fallen in love with Donny Cates' writing. Like maybe not for Damnation and for what he did with Moon Knight there, but like he just came out of the woodwork and smacked us with some really good stories. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh um he's got a lot of really cool ideas. Um and uh and it, it's cool to see what Marvel's uh you know, Marvel's letting him uh him do in those books. Have you been reading up on those, uh, Phil? Yeah, I've been reading some absolute carnage. I mean it's it's awesome. So much uh, well, all the symbiotes and I was like, Oh, are they gonna be able to pull this off? And then they so far it seems like they've really been uh been doing a great job yeah the story just like goes on and on there's like noel is like now noel is back into uh what's it called silver surfer black oh yeah and just that entire like mythos is just expanding rapidly it's just a bit crazy but uh back to scream like um what have been some of your favorite runs that you've been working with lately? Well, it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, that question's always tough. I mean, always my favorite run's going to be one of my creator-owned books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, I love the Marvel stuff, and when, when I was really able to dig into it, um, you know, there's 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 some of those, some of the Marvel runs I've done I've, I've really enjoyed, um, but it's usually when I have a lot of, you know, a lot of time to, to spend with the characters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's nothing compares to a creator own book. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, so when I, when I think of my favorite books, it's going to be the sixth gun or Harrow County, uh, or bone parish, which wraps up in just a week or so. Um, but they're going to be the books that I was able to tell my way, without a lot of uh without a lot of changes being forced you know forced because of you know different events that are going on or different storylines that are being told elsewhere um you know there's always going to be uh the 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 truest form in in my mind is going to be the the books that you get to tell your way absolutely but um i did i know i i mentioned deadpool before is I know for me, like if I was writing a Deadpool book, I'd be I'd be more intimidated than usual, just because you have to have the action, you have to have the story, but you have to have like humor and drops that, or you have to like have the humor and jokes that like hit a certain way, like a right way. And you don't want to seem forced, and you don't want to, you know, something to not land. Is that like is Deadpool a little more? I don't want to say intimidating, but um. Maybe at the beginning he was, uh, you know, when I first, the first Deadpool book I did, well, Marvel tried me out early on on a couple of Deadpool short stories. And that, so those were, you know, that's the first Deadpool stuff I did. But then the first series I did uh, was Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. And with with all of that stuff, I really knew very little about Deadpool. I mean, I knew who the character was. I, you know, I've seen him in comics. I've read issues with him in it, but I didn't, I didn't follow that character until, and really didn't, I didn't love that character until I started really writing him with Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Um, 
and yeah, there, you know, there's some, uh, some intimidation, I guess, but really that, you know, can be with any big main character that people, you know, a lot of people really love. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I tried not to worry too much about the, the humor aspect of it. Um, I'm not going to write a gonzo zany Deadpool because that's not my, it's first of all, I, it's not what I want to read. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to put enough humor in there that, that, it, that, you know, that it was true to the character, but I also wanted to tell my version. And that's one of the things that's, that I think is cool about, I mean, yeah, with every character, but with Deadpool in particular, uh, every time a different writer uh, takes the character, it goes into some different, you know, it's a completely different interpretation of that character. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. I think my Deadpool was always a little more, uh, I mean, there was the, the humor was there, but it was, I tried to lean more towards dark humor. Yeah. And, uh, and my Deadpool was always a little less, uh, there was, you know, maybe there were a few issues here and there that had a lot of really weird zany stuff in it. But, uh, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, I didn't want to, to really be this sort of gonzo humor book. I really like when you inserted him in Marvel history, you know, like with Deadpool's secret, secret wars and stuff. Yeah. That one was probably one of the, the, you know, that, okay. So there, you know, and there's one that Deadpool's in this just ridiculous situation. Uh, but I still tried to write it, you know, for the most part, pretty straight. There wasn't a, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, uh, I think the funny, you know, the weirdness and funniness of that is that he's in Marvel universe now. Um, and uh, and then yeah, so that's always a fun book because I get all these people saying, "Well, did it take place in?" It's not, a, you know, didn't take place in real continuity. I'm like, well, sure it did. As far as I'm concerned, it did. So you know, I don't, uh, I don't care what, uh, you know, I I don't know if there's a formal continuity, but I also don't care um, because I think nowadays, especially, you know readers are are forming their own continuity with these characters they're taking the things they like and 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 that's what they see as as you know continuity and and you know as canon um and it happens a lot i think with characters who have multiple books um you know if let's say batman i remember talking to a reader who said yeah i don't really consider anything that's not in you know, this series canon, everything else is just, you know, non-canon. And I thought that was interesting because I think now um, with all these different books to pick, you know, to choose from and all this history to choose from, I think it's interesting that readers are, are kind of developing their own continuity. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I mean, who cares? Uh, when I was a kid, it would have been blasphemy. What? You know, uh, you know, you, I have to follow the, the official, the official Marvel continuity. Um, but as I've gotten older and, and I think ha- as readership has changed, um, yeah, who cares? I mean, if, if someone wants to ignore a certain story or consider one story canon that other people consider alternate reality, um, that's fine with me. It's all alternate reality. I think, I think there's a lot more fan interaction now with the internet and everything. So, you know, people throw up their theories and I think a lot of people are like, Hey, that's not a, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, no, I, I think that, and 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 that's, I think that's awesome, um, and yeah, it, I mean, it's going across. It goes into movies, it goes into books, it goes into comics. It's everything. People are kind of, you know, developing their own theories and 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 like I said, their own mythology around these characters, and I think that's really cool. Well, that's kind of the nature of stories; they just that's kind right. of grow. 
and turn into something either greater or just different. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. So we were talking about the Scream event. Um, you want to plug any of your other projects that you have going on? I mean, you were talking about wrapping up on, uh, was it Harrow County? Well, Harrow County has, uh, it wrapped up. The It's coming out in hardcover right now. And the last hardcover comes out in a, a few months. Um, Bone Parish, the last issue the is getting, yeah, Bone Parish is getting ready to come out, the final issue. Um, you know, I have uh, an image book called Unearth that's coming out. Uh, I'm co-writing with Kyle Strom and is illustrated by the great Baldemar Rivas. That's uh, the second issue's out now and the third issue's on its way. Um, and then I have a book from Dark Horse called Manor Black that is uh, sort of a gothic uh, gothic soap opera that uh, is the second issue uh, I think comes out this week. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then just like I said, a lot of other uh, a lot of other creator owned books right now in the works. That's really cool, though. I mean, yeah. I was actually wondering if I should ask you. It's like I had a question about, you know, do you prefer to write character events or do you just like to do events? And then earlier you were talking about how, you know, if you have to design around certain things, like with someone else's idea, like you just answered that for me. You just, you'd rather be able to tell the entire story. Well, yeah, obviously for me, I'd always rather be able to tell the entire story. Um, I mean, there's, it's fun to play in those events, you know, and, and try to find, uh, you know, find the story to tell that adds to it in some way. Um, but, you know, it's a different kind of writing process because those those kind of stories are almost always written in a room. It's much more like, a, a, you know, writing for TV, you know, being in a writer's room for TV. So when those events come along, you know, even the, the the smaller events, like the ones I've written, like Monsters Unleashed and the Venomized and things like that, you know, I'm brought into Marvel and I sit in a room and, and you know, we we break that story and tell that story together. So there there's a, not, a lot of people going over the, the initial idea and kind of tearing it down and rebuilding it up and tearing it back down and rebuilding it up. And then I go and write it after all those discussions. And that's really the way those events work. Um and and that's it's it's a fun process and it's it's uh it's a it flexes different creative muscles um but yeah i'm i'm just a control freak enough that i'd rather <laughs> just tell my own story well I mean, there's time and place for that and it's been working for you yeah well like i said i mean these stories you know it's it all you know, it all depends on the, the situation and the story. And there's, you know, there's obviously some really cool stuff. The absolute carnage stuff is really cool. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm talking down on the idea of event comics because, uh, you know, they, you know, when, uh, when they work and they work well, they can be really cool. And that's sort of the, the the joy of having a shared universe you know all these different characters interacting at the you know in different ways under the umbrella of the same you know the same event um it's just for me like i said you know if i if i'm going to be given a choice ever uh i'm probably going to to, to always choose 
my own stuff as my my favorite though. But yeah, like we were saying, the absolute carnage is good. But I mean, just the just the effort that goes into one of those stories. I mean, is it just like how much goes into like you know talking to the other writers and be like, okay, well I'm having carnage do this in my book, or is this going to interfere with anything going on over here? Well, there's there you know there's always quite a bit bit of that, and I mean this is obviously something that Donnie has been planning and working towards for a while now. Mm-hmm. So this is something he's been he's been you know that he's had in the back of his mind over the course of numerous books, you know, even the Silver Surfer book, you know, and uh, uh, and yeah, so then there's always uh, so if Carnage shows up in my book. I need to make sure that it plays well to, you know, to, to what, what the overall plan for the character is. And there's almost always some sort of, uh, you know, left hook, something that comes out of, out of nowhere that changes everything. So, you know, I'll pitch my story and, and then find out, Oh, well, you can't do that because, you know, Carnage turns into a flower on it in issue two or whatever. You know, there's always some big change. Um, so, you know, you have to be flexible and you have to be willing to, to work with uh, work with what's going on in the greater, you know, in, as part of the greater storyline. Um, if you can't do that, then absolutely writing events, com- event, you know, writing event tie-ins and event, event comics just isn't for you because it can be, uh, you know, there's a, you have to be uh, ready to change things as, you know, first of all, you have to be willing to, you know, work with, with ideas that you may not have been aware of until after you've already plotted out your story. But, you know, the, the, the main event itself can change during the writing process and you have to be, be available and ready to, to make changes that, that work with that. So basically they give you a book and they say, okay, Carnage is at point A at, at the start of your book. You have to get him to point B. How you do that is up to you. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that's exactly it, that it is. They'll say, this is where we need – this is where Carnage is at the beginning and this is where we need him at the end. And then, you know, and I – you know, so they send me all the outlines for, you know, the main event and, and you know, scripts for the issues that have been written and art for issues that have been written. And I just have to play within that, uh, that arena. Hmm. Yeah, and, and in fact, with Scream, that's exactly, you know, there, I, I definitely got to, you know, in order to make this work with the main event, this is where your issue has to, and this is what has to happen at the end of your issue. This is where things need to be. Hmm. So you probably get a bunch of top secret stuff about it, like a, a, lot, a lot of these storylines. Do you ever have people in your personal life or just at any event be like, hey, hey, we're, how's this thing going to end? And you're just like, I can't oh, yeah. tell you. I, you know, I most of the time I know where these things are going and, and, and what, I mean, it's just the nature. If you're writing those books, uh, they'll tell you as much as, you know, it, sometimes they tell you a lot. Sometimes they tell you just enough that you, um, you know, that you can tell your story, mm-hmm. but usually I have a pretty good feeling of where the stories are going. And, um, and sometimes that's, uh, <laughs> sometimes that's, that's weird and, and frustrating. Uh, I remember, you know, when Captain America became a Hydra agent and there was all this panic and, and anger around it. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, <laughs> enjoy that. Enjoy that not knowing what's yeah. going to happen and, and enjoy the frustration and the anger. 
because I knew where that story was going because I sat in the room when Nick says, this is the next, you know, this is the story. This is what's going to happen. You know, the same with, uh, with Dan Slott's Superior Spider-Man story. Oh. You know, I sat down at dinner with him and he said, this is what's happening over the next two years of Spider-Man, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he just, you know, named everything that he had planned. Um, and sometimes you hear people complaining about a storyline. I just want to, you know, jump out and say, well, this is what's going to happen. So, <laughs> so relax. But, uh, but I can't do that. You know, that, that takes away from, you know, from the enjoyment of, uh, of, of what's coming. All right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, my, I think my final question is, Hey, Colin, uh, after the Moonlight annual comes out, can I steal you for my podcast? And maybe we could talk about that issue and maybe get in depth on more Deadpool and just a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. Yes. Reach out. We'll, uh, will, we'll work it out. I will contact you. Awesome. You know, I, you know, I appreciate the support. Thank you guys. Um, you know, check out that Moon Knight annual. Uh, uh, definitely. <laughs> if you don't follow me on, on social media, Twitter's a great place to find me. And it's easy. It's just at Colin Bunn. So, you know, follow me there and you can talk to me about it. Um, tell me that I should have had Moon Knight rip off. Kevin's <laughs> face, uh, whatever you like. Um, but let's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. So, you know, check. And, and if you haven't, checked out some of my other work you know please you know it's super easy to find the different books i've done and if you want a recommendation hit me up on social media i'll give you some recommendations <laughs> great nice well thank you for you know sitting down with us it's yeah been great. i appreciate it guys yeah thank you it's been great it was great yeah thanks so much hey there do you like comic books do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes and Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes and Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics Podcast. Alright everyone, uh, remember, come back for Ray and the others, you can, but also follow ITK, you can always email them, uh, email your thoughts on that Moon Knight annual, uh, itkmoonnight at gmail.com uh, check out the website intonightpodcast.wordpress.com uh, follow the Facebook page uh, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight and uh, follow the group at uh, facebook.com groups itkmoonnight um, at itkmoonnight on Twitter uh, follow them on Instagram, Tumblr and YouTube, search for Into the Night a Moonnight Podcast and of course, as always, they're always asking for iTunes ratings. Please leave a review, preferably five stars. Hey, we go five star on this episode. <laughs> help us cast, uh, help them cast a larger net into the podcasting world because it allows other loonies to uh, find them, which I think after the announcement, they're going to have plenty of new loonies. Uh, and you can hear them on all good podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio etc etc 
All right, come back for Ray and everyone else. But until then, I can't you watch over the denizens of the night. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.